This podcast is being sponsored by Echo Healthcare. Echo Healthcare is pleased to provide the world's most realistic training tools. Our LifeCast mannequins provide highly accurate and lifelike solutions that are offered in all ages, from micro-preemie all the way up to our seniors at 82 years old, with multiple ethnicities to represent your patient population. Bundled with our immersive interaction solution, your learners were fully engaged through sight, sound, smell, and touch. Already have some patient simulators that don't exactly depict the level of realism you'd like to portray? Allow Echo Healthcare to provide you with Echo Mask or Second Skin. Welcome to the Sim Cafe, a podcast produced by the team at Innovative Sim Solutions, edited by Shelley Hauser. Join our host, Deb Tauber, as she sits down with subject matter experts from across the globe to reimagine clinical education and the use of simulation. So pour yourself a cup of relaxation, sit back, tune in, and learn something new from the Sim Cafe. Welcome to another episode of the Sim Cafe. Today, we're blessed once again to have Susie with us, and we're going to start out Simulation Healthcare Week with some of these interviews with some special guests. So Susie, why don't you tell us a little bit about your thoughts about why we celebrate Simulation Healthcare Week and uh, some of the things you've done to celebrate? Great. I was lucky enough to be at a school, Robert Morris University, as the director of SIM there, to be able to celebrate it at least two years. I think we did it at least two years, three years in a row. And it became a really great way. Think about where it's positioned. In September, the start of a semester, and students have heard, you know, who knows what about going into the SIM center. So the opportunity to have people come in, you know, have some cake, look around, see us at our friendliest best, not in a stressful situation and letting people come in, really look at our equipment, see it in a not teaching light, but in a less stressful experience has been a wonderful thing for us and was really looked forward to every year. I think every year we did it a little better at our place. And I think we just had a great time doing it. And I think that It helps us think about the use of SIM and what SIM has done for us and allows all kinds of people to come in and see a SIM center that might not see it in a normal situation and see us in a way that maybe doesn't look serious, although we all who work in it know how serious it really is. No, I think you're spot on with that. I remember we weren't celebrating Healthcare Simulation Week at the time because this was probably 2010. But we had a group of hospital administrators come in and they got to watch Sim from behind the glass Uh and they were just fascinated by it. So I think anything that we can do to once again, celebrate the things that we're doing and expose people to how valuable it is and what it really is and what it's really not. Because I think people just don't, until you've been in the environment, you can't conceptualize it. Exactly. I, I agree with that. Another question I wanted to ask you is, this year in Axel really seemed to take a change and turn for the better. And and I'd like you to share some of your leadership pearls with us and and what are some of the things that you celebrated and why do you think that was? Well, I had the wonderful experience of being asked to be the mentor 
for somebody who was going through the Sigma Theta Tau Elsevier Faculty Leader Academy, the last one that they did. And the great thing about being the mentor is that you get to go to it also and uh, learn a lot of leadership things. And I was introduced to the Coos and Posner, the Leadership Challenge and their five practices, which I happen to have taped in front of me every day, all day. So when I decided to run for the leadership of Anaxel, I really couched everything I did in terms of these five practices. And they are model the way, inspire a shared vision, challenge the process, enable others to act, and encourage the heart. Now, this might seem like common sense, but when things are getting tough, if you really hold on to those five principles and something that I learned, again, gratefully at the Center for Medical Simulation, one of the things they always talk about is assume goodwill. Even when things look like they might not be goodwill, it is just kind of guided what we did as we went through some changes in, in uh, our management company, changes in, of course, new people coming on board is, uh, as far as a company goes to help us. At a time when we were going to have to uh, shut down our conference, where we're going to be able to go to virtual conference in the middle of COVID. So you talk about multiple things happening at the same time. It could have been really stressful, but it, it really wasn't. We had a great team on board at, at the uh, board at that time. We put together a team to look at the different management companies that were out there. We made a leap of faith. I think that the company that we went with, Smith Buckland, made a leap of faith with us because we had a lot of challenges at that particular point with uh, people that did not want to let us out of hotel reservations and things like that when we were not going to have a face-to-face conference. Lots of things happening and it all worked out. It all did. It did. So, uh, and I think that being guided by a for real theory, if you will, if you we talk theory and research all the time, and we say that we should couch everything we do in terms of those kinds of things, having a leadership theory to fall back on, put my money where my mouth is and let's try this out. It worked. So uh, I was lucky. And again, it was a God thing. It worked out. It was good. Thank you. Thank you very much. And I think you said you made a statement about so you belong to a NASCAR, you belong to the society, you're part of Sim Ghosts. I think the systems integration is what we need to think about how we can all share to help raise the bar, especially to celebrate this during Simulation Healthcare Week. Absolutely. Absolutely. Each one of those organizations um, has a role to play. And I'm going to throw ASPE in there also. ASPE yep. with an E. I love that we are all meeting together quarterly and talking about having pre-cons at each other's major conferences and things like that so that we provide value added for our uh, attendees at whatever we're attending. And I think there'll be some more cross-pollination that we hadn't planned on because we are at each other's uh, conferences and such. So I think there's never been a better time to be in simulation. I I would agree. Thank you. Honestly, I appreciate all you've done and 
your ability to, once again, work with systems integration. I loved how you described the Sim Ghost as the Mavericks. <laughs> they are the Mavericks. You never know what you're going to see there. And they can pull things off. That I don't know if people at an axle would necessarily appreciate, but I think it's great. Um, they interviewed a, a mannequin and the facilitator uh, at this last uh, opening conference, the opening uh, gambit, shall we say. And it was pretty funny. I try to imagine that in an axle and I I can't I don't know if that would be a thing. SSH perhaps. But I think those other two organizations maybe are uh maybe full of more perhaps serious people. Um and again that maverick uh, flavor comes through with Simgos. Excellent, excellent. I will have to get somebody from ASB to uh interview at some point. So maybe uh-huh. if you have some suggestions or if any listener hears that and wants to reach out, that would be fantastic. Super. I'm going to ask my final question. So Susie, if you wanted to tell our learners one thing that you learned in all of your learning, like your one pearl so that they don't have to learn it themselves, what, what do you think that would be? Um, I actually learned it during being a clinical instructor for seven years and then starting into simulation in a, in a simulation center that had glass so that people couldn't see my reactions to what they were doing. And what I had not realized, and I had been teaching clinical for a number of years, like seven to 10 years at that point, that when people have really good verbal skills, I tended to believe that they're probably pretty good at what they do. And I, I had had that confirmed. So I had confirmatory bias as far as this goes. And when I saw somebody who I thought was probably pretty stellar in a simulation, I was on the other side of the glass and I saw them basically do absolutely everything wrong, talking away the whole time like she knew what she, and it was a she, uh, like she knew what she was talking about. I was up against the glass looking and I thought, I wonder how often this happens that somebody who's really good verbally has bamboozled me. And that I was persuaded that they really were good. And of course, the person who is more quiet or more introverted than in a clinical group, they don't usually talk that much. And I might assume maybe they're not as strong. And when I see them running through a sim, a lot of times they're pretty good. So I think the thing that and I learned it early on in sim was that was that particular thing is that I was very persuaded by people's verbal abilities, and that that does not necessarily carry over into actions and ability to apply knowledge. So if I had one word of wisdom for anybody, and the thing that, again, I will take it to my grave, is that you can be fooled by people's verbal skills. And if I may say, I think that explains a lot of politicians. And I I love saying that, because I think we see it, but we don't realize we're seeing it until we get to know people better. No, I would very much agree. And how did you handle that situation with the learner? It wasn't like I could run in and say, what are you doing? Because I'd never seen it before. So we had a really robust debriefing and she learned a lot. I learned a lot. And we really did. We used all of those things we know, assume goodwill. uh, I was probably trying to do advocacy inquiry then before I knew what it was, because I didn't really know why she was doing what she was doing. Although she was talking away to the patient, I could not understand why she was doing what she was doing. So we, we started really having robust debriefings as far as that goes. 
And I learned a lot about debriefing, seeing things like that. Right. I And I really feel that you, using simulation for clinical hires would be a really important thing to do because once again, verbally in interview, you can communicate with somebody that you can do all these things. But once again, as you stated, bamboozled. Are and you saying this about the clinical educator? I'm saying this about hiring somebody into a position like say emergency. Yes. Medicine. Yes. Oh, yes. And so I will say that uh, one of the things I like is to have some standardized students and put people through their paces with standardized students. We've done this at uh, the ATI conference at several times, basically talking about uh, preparing clinical educators for those things that students will do, like completely be incorrect or threatening the instructor or uh, coming on to the instructor or all of those different kinds of things that you don't really know are, are going to happen or that could happen. And how do you handle that? And it always creates a robust discussion with everybody who's in the room because we do it in front of everybody using basically the tag team approach from Australia so that it's basically theater of in a theater in the round kind of thing so that everybody's around and can jump in and say what they want to say. But it's really a helpful thing to do because a lot of people come into clinical education and really have no idea what they've gotten themselves into especially with students and how they are uh, perhaps more challenging than they have been in the past. Right. I actually had an opportunity to present on the use of simulation for incivility, recognition, and response, because I think that that's another area. Yep. Great use of simulation. Because it's it's so insidious. You don't realize it's happening. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, this has been a wonderful time to have an opportunity to speak with you once again. And do you have anything else that you want to leave our listeners with today? Really nothing more than happy simulation week. Thank you. Happy simulation week to you. And we will keep in touch. Okay. Echo Healthcare provides the world's most realistic training tools with their LifeCast mannequins or Echo Mask and Second Skin accessories that create lifelike simulators for your learners. Connect with them today. Thanks for joining us here at the Sim Cafe. We hope you enjoyed. Connect with us at www.innovativesimsolutions.com. And be sure to hit that like and subscribe button so you never miss an episode of the Sim Cafe.